Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Oh Lord, we come to you to worship you this morning. An exciting day to be in your house to be reminded how good you are. But we gather looking for that opportunity to hear your voice. We gather to sing your praises and hear your words. Impress them upon us. Lord, I ask even at this moment that you would remind us of things past where you have delivered us. For Lord, we are short-sighted and have sometimes some very short memories. And yet all of us, in some way, shape, or form, have been delivered from you, or for, by you. And so, Lord, I ask that you would remind us of those even now as we prepare to look at your word. That we would remember your goodness in our life whether it was victory or failure or whatever it was, you were still good in it. Remind us of that this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture this morning is probably a one that you remember. Uh, it's out of Joshua chapter 4. And I remind you that we are working our way through a series called The Stones of Life. It says, when the whole nation finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, each one, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at a place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men that he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them, to their camp where they had put them down. Joshua set up 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at that spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to, the, to this day. Now the priests who carried the Ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded. Joshua was done by the people just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over and as soon as all of them had crossed, and the ark of the Lord and the priest came to the other side, while the other people watched. 
May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. There's an ant on the, he's causing us trouble. Must be getting that time of year. All right. Before the sermon starts, we got to take care of a little business. I need to know from each of your 12 tribes that are here how God has delivered you. One second, let me get my papers in order so I don't totally mess this up. All right, I'm listening. How has God delivered you? Glenn? <laughs> if you didn't catch that, Glenn saw a girl and followed her to church. The rest is history. That's from the Renner tribe. How else has God delivered you? Julie says from her sin. That's from the Mark Bartlett slash Julie Bartlett tribe. How else has God delivered you? Roscoe. <laughs> From the Roscoe Bennett tribe. <laughs> That's a great story. If you'd like to hear the whole thing, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's a little like Glenn's, but a little different. <laughs> Same good. Well, how has God delivered you? Mm-hmm. Amen. Lee Bartlett. Lee Bartlett tribe. Haven't heard anybody in the balcony. How's God delivered you? Brian Renner. Amen. Ministry. Zach Bartlett. I can see you up there, bud. I don't want to leave you guys hanging up there. How's God delivered you? Amen. That was Zach Bartlett. Help God help him keep his cool in stressful situations. I still got five rocks, so you guys. Mark. Hmm. Chris, I heard Chris. Peace. Amen. You want to hear that story? See Chris after church. It's pretty powerful. I still got three rocks. Amen. Beardsley clan. Beardsley clan, we'll call you. Lori. Amen. Powerful story. All right, only got time for one more. Steve Triana, I guess I'll let you in now. Now I got a problem. All I got is 12 rocks. I need a Jacob. I got a Jacob amongst us. Oh, there's no Jacobs. Anybody like to change their name? Ken, you were really on my heart, but I didn't really want to put you out there. I appreciate you volunteering. So here's what we want to do, Jacob slash Kenny. 
We want to build a monument. A monument. And I, and I made a, I, I got a picture just, I mean, you don't have to use that picture exactly, but here. Perfect. So there you go. There's a picture that you can just kind of use that. <laughs> so Kenny's going to make us a monument. And then after this, there'll be a limited edition uh, stone sale. We'll sell these ones, Ken. They're a little bit more, worth a little more because you make a monument on them. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're here this morning. This is, how are we doing, Ken? Uh, no, don't, we don't want the monument flat, okay? We want it to stick up. Because remember what the scripture said? The scripture says it's, it, it stuck out enough that we could take our children to this and uh, they would see it and know what it was, huh? My children will knock it down. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably a true statement. As we look at this passage this morning, there's a couple pieces that really stick out to me. This monument was 40 years in the making. 40 years in the making. Don't minimize that part of the passage. They don't tell us that. But remember, they spent 40 years in the wilderness, and God had said, well, let me show you. 40 years before that, God said, don't be afraid. I will show you the salvation of the Lord when they first crossed the Red Sea. Remember that? That was in Exodus. That was 40 years prior. Now, I need to tell you that God stopped the water uh, in the river, but this was not the Red Sea. This was a very different moment in the Israelites' life. When they got to the Red Sea, they were on the run. They were on the run because they felt like, well, not they felt like, there was a good chance they were going to die, right? They had just left Egypt, and they were, they were trying to get out of Dodge, and they were on their tail. And the Egyptians were running them right into the, to the water. And they got to the water, and God separated the water so that they would, how are we doing, Ken? Well, stones out of the bottom of the river sometimes are round. <laughs> it's all right. We're, we're, we, got, we still got 20 minutes. We're good. <laughs> this was a very different moment in the life of the Israelites. When they crossed the Red Sea, they were fearing for their lives. When they crossed the Jordan... There was, in some ways, a lot of excitement. They were going to finally inhabit the promised land. That didn't come out without, without some anxiety, I'm sure, right? Because we know they had to go and inhabit the land. But the water, the water was way different. The Jordan River isn't an ocean or a sea. It's actually really not all that terribly wide. It's a different look, but it runs fast and it runs hard. And getting across it was no less of a feat than it would have been getting across the Red Sea. 
And yet this was the moment that God was going to deliver his people. How are we doing, Ken? Oh, we're getting closer. It's kind of hard, huh? Probably wouldn't have, probably would have helped if I wouldn't have oiled them too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Got to cut down on the friction. We'll make it work. That's right. How are we doing? We're doing it. We're all right. I want you to think just for a moment. Like the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to think just for a moment. If you've come to church here more than a week. You've heard praises and prayers on a weekly basis. And sometimes the next week we hear a good report. And sometimes we have to wait a month to hear a good report. And sometimes it's weeks and years. And we don't always know. But I wonder how many times we have called upon God in the sanctuary and he has delivered us. Think for a moment of all the prayers and praises. I should, have, I should keep all the prayer lists, you know, and look at all of those. I had no idea that Frank was doing better, but we've been praying for Frank. Frank's got a long ways to go. That's exciting to hear. How many times have we prayed for someone's cancer in our sanctuary? How many times have we prayed for someone's broken relationship in our sanctuary. How many times have we saw God work miracles in our own families in our sanctuary? There's 12 rocks. There's a whole bucket of rocks back there. I'm, I promise you we could fill those buckets full. How are we doing, Ken? Well, we're getting there. I like it. Nice. Thank you, sir. It's a, <laughs> I appreciate it. And there's our monument to remember those 12, 12 deliverances uh, from God. A picture. <laughs> Save it forever, right? I have the rocks. I don't need to. I'll sell you one, Lee, after church. <laughs> Actually, if you, if you want your rock, your initials on there. I, don't, I just put initials of people's names on there. Those are to remind us of how God has delivered us. Think about the Israelites as they're walking in. These were new experiences that they got in the wilderness. They got manna and quail. God delivered them with food. They got good drinking water, not once, but multiple times. They got the Ten Commandments. They built the Ark of the Covenant. They were delivered from the golden calf debacle. Do you remember that? I'm sure we remember those debacles that are in our lives and how God delivers us. They got a second set of commandments when they busted up the first. There were lots of things to remember. And yet God said, when you get across this water and into the promised land. I want you to go into the middle. Why? Because no one was going to get a rock out of that, that water unless it was stopped up, were they? You'd drown trying. And the rocks, 
They said, put them on your shoulder. You know what that means? They weren't little pebbles. I'm thinking that they picked 12 of the biggest, toughest, strongest guys to pick a stone. And just like each of these stones are different shaped and different colors, and some of them sparkle, and some of them are flat, some of them are more round, each of those rocks are unique. And when they pick those up, they picked them up for a reason. They saw the stone, and, the, and you know there had to be, it's 12, well, if it's 12 men, you know what's happened, right? Ha, my rock is bigger than your rock, right? These guys trying to carry out, you know, you know how that works, right? That poor first guy, that poor first guy yeah. <laughs> they were told to pick up those rocks and bring them out. Pick up the rocks and bring them out so that Jacob could make a monument to remind God's people of what had happened that day. That they had been delivered. I'm going to ask you a challenging question. How many times will you walk past that bucket? That beautiful little bucket my wife let me borrow without grabbing a rock. I don't care if you grab a rock because there's only one person you're hurting if you choose not to grab a stone. It's not me. I'll put those rocks in the, out around the flowers after Easter and we'll be good. Whatever's left, more rocks I got, the more flowers weeds will keep down. See, it's what we do. It's what we do sometimes as Christians. I have it all figured out, and I really don't have to remember that God delivered me. This is just a silly idea that the pastor made up to make us feel like we have to think about something at church other than Sunday morning. That rock is, it's no skin off of me. The rocks cost $4 for 40 pounds, right? But I promise you, that that rock put in your pocket or in your car or next to your Bible or somewhere special can be a powerful, powerful reminder of God's deliverance in your life. See, this is what we're, we're not good at as Christians. We're not good at remembering when God delivers us. We remember it in the moment. Let me give you an example. The Israelites, they're starving to death. They get manna and quail. Woo! Yeah, right? They're happy for what? <laughs> A very short point. Of, and they're like, I've had enough manna and quail tacos. I've had enough manna and quail goulash. I've had enough. I want something different. And so they quickly forget that God has delivered them. The one scripture talks about God giving them good drinking water that wasn't uh, dangerous or poisonous. I bet that water tasted excellent the first time they drank it. But just like them, we do the same thing. It's good and it tastes great, but it quickly loses as we forget that God has delivered us in that way. 
So those rocks, they're back there. They're just, they're just an, a symbol, an image to remind you. An image to remind you that God has delivered. But you have to pick up the stone. If it's not comfortable picking it up on a Sunday, come in the middle of the week and pick a stone. You don't want to pick my stones? I don't care. Go in the backyard and pick up your own stone. Here's the thing. If you choose not to recognize where God has delivered you, you're quick to forget. Did you hear that song that I played this morning? Let me read you the, the first, and you may not have even caught this, this, the line. It says, I can't count the times I've called on some broken night, and you showed up and patched me up like you do every time. You know what the next line is? I get amnesia. I forget that you keep coming around and that you'll never let me down. Christians, there's one way we won't forget if we put things in our life that help us remember. If we have a heart that says, I'm going to pick up that stone and I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to let this thing be a reminder. It doesn't have to even be a stone. Let me show you mine. This is two Bibles ago. Don't ask. I'm a Bible snob, I guess. <laughs> it's got a broken arch, broken back. It's got some Hannah Montana sticker in it. I know who I got that from. This is my, this is my stone of deliverance. Got this Bible from my dad. The back is literally broken. I got the cover from my mom. And it's my scrapbook of life. I'm not sure how many I'm going through this, but I want to share it with you because this is what you need to remember God's deliverance. I don't remember this at all. But I got this beautiful picture and postcard from a young lady named Allie Martin, who is no longer Allie Martin. And she's pretty excited about going on a mission trip, probably at about 13 years old. And she even promised to bring me gum. This comes from one of my favorite young men in the world. You know this, Sam? This is the old version, just so you know. This is before Sam did five, 400 a year. They had to, they had to refine the process. <laughs> this one's a half-sheeter. Love Sam. This, song is, this is a song written from a young man in 2009. Wanted me to have the lyrics. This is my testimony to the best of my artistic ability. I can't tell you what it means at this point, but I know that's what it was about. I'm not sure I can share that one. This trip was one of the coolest trips I've ever been on and one of the toughest times of my life. I went to Haiti in 2002. 
I can't tell you anymore because I don't think I can keep it together. <laughs> this, was a mis- this was a weekend uh, Dare to Share trip that someone uh, in the church thought we were doing something we weren't supposed to, and they wrote us a nasty letter. <laughs> Soon retracted by the pastor who was extremely embarrassed that the cleaning lady wrote this letter to us. More poetry. A thank you card from my Sunday school class. Somebody loves me. At least one does. You know who this is? Looks like you're writing. (laughs) There's a note from my wife. I don't know what it says inside. I don't think I keep it together. It's a whole laundry list. That's just a few. It's a paper from an Oklahoma trip, one of the toughest times of my life. It has a bunch of people's names on it, people we need to pray for. Tough, tough stuff. But you know what? Even in the midst of this, God has delivered. It's enough of that. I don't like that scrapbook all that much. It reminds me too much. I told Brentley, I already cried this morning when I looked at it the first time. He is good. We pick up stones for a reason. You don't have to pick up my stones. You don't have to pick the stones up out here. But I will tell you, those stones remind us that God has delivered even in the toughest of times. He has delivered. Now let's get to the first point. I'm already lost. When you pick up that stone, I encourage you to look for God. Look for God in every situation. It comes your way. Look for God to work the miracles He works in your life. See, here's what happens. We get frustrated when things don't go our way. We get angry when things don't seem fair. Sometimes we forget. One example that sticks out is this, of the idea of it is appointed once for man to die. I know that's hard to take, but short of the rapture, there's only been two people who did not die in Scripture. Your odds are really high that you won't make it out alive. That's hard to accept sometimes. And sometimes it's so hard that we turn on God and we get angry and we get mad and we get frustrated and we forget that all of us have an appointed time. Scripture says he knows before we're born we have a start and a finish. And that's hard. 
And sometimes it seems so not fair. And it seems to me that those are the times when we have a really hard time finding God in the midst of that. The book of Joshua shares with us that when, these, when you go and with your kids and you see these stones, they will ask you, what do these stones mean? Why is there a pile of stones? And you'll have, two, you'll have a, a, a certain way you can go. You can say, well, God delivered us into the promised land. Or you could say, well, we crossed the Jordan here. Further on in Exodus, it says God... (laughs) I wanted you to be successful, Ken. (laughs) I thought about it, honestly, but... It said he, he did this so the people of earth might know that his hand, the hand of the Lord who is powerful and that he might always fear the Lord your God. God did this for a reason. He built a, had them build this monument of stones for a reason to remind them of God's goodness. See, they forgot. They forget. We forget. God spares us. God, so many times we hear those stories of people's lives who've been spared. We hear those stories of people who have very little chance to make it. And God still delivers. If you didn't hear the man, uh, Carl Sion, that we've been praying for, who has been on death's door since he got covid whose lungs were trashed, got a lung transplant this week. And they, I saw that it, they said that it was successful. I'm sure he has a long way to go. Some really cool pieces to that. I'm told Dr. Sion is a Christian who prays for his patients before he does surgery. And if God chooses to heal him and bring him back to the spot where he was, I'd be willing to bet that he'll be sharing his stone of deliverance to anyone he comes in contact with. See, it really matters how we look at things. What do you see? you see a woman Kim that's way too broad that's not fair yeah is she old or young sorry Kim sees a young woman anybody see an old woman but wait it's the same picture how can we see old woman and a young woman in the same picture you see it Veronica It's some little trick our brain plays. If we, if we focus in one piece, we see uh, an old woman. If we focus on another piece, we see. You want me to help you? If you focus on the nose, the white, uh, you'll see an older woman. If you pick, 
focus more on the dark spot, you'll see the hair of a younger woman. If that helps you, I don't know if that helps you or not. We have a choice. God puts out this monument of stones so that we can share the deliverance that God has offered us. I want to encourage you to be intentional about sharing your testimony. Be intentional about sharing how God has delivered you in each and every step of your life. We forget. Yesterday morning I I heard a testimony of a of a guy who shared it with another guy. And the whole goal was to share that testimony so that someone wouldn't walk the path they had walked. One, it was, don't do what I did. That was a poor choice. Two was, I praise God because he has delivered me. And that testimony was powerful, not because it was a celebrity, not because it was some really long, drawn-out story with all the details. But rather it was the testimony of someone who was on the wrong path, who God put on the right path. I think what I appreciated most about that testimony was this. It wasn't about the person who was sharing the testimony. It was pointed straight at God. See, because what happens in our lives is we, sometimes we see God working and we see Him moving and then we get removed from that peace. And the further removed we get, we sometimes struggle to put God back in that spot. When we're on our knees and we're, in, we're broken, it's easy to see God working. And when we get out of the valley of shadow of death, sometimes we forget that God is still working. We forget that he has delivered us. And so we're destined to do what we do when we forget. Do you remember what the Israelites did when they forgot? Around the mountain we go again. Around the mountain we go again. Around the mountain. Right? You, you know that story, right? It was like a two-week journey they took 40 years to figure out. They wandered in the wilderness, the scripture says. They couldn't figure out how to get to the Jordan River to get across because they forgot that God continued to deliver them time and time and time and time again. And it's easy to make fun of the Israelites, except that's exactly what I do. I quickly forget that God has delivered me And he's going to continue to deliver me. And his way is higher than my way. What do we do? We grab a hold, right? We, get, we give it to God and then we grab it back. I guarantee that there's someone here today who has walked in without a relationship with Christ. They go through the motions. They come to church. That's awesome. I'm glad they're here. 
But their stone of deliverance might be eternity this morning. That might be what's weighing in the balance of today. But the stone they pick up might remind them of the day they came to Christ and they said, yes, I invite you into my life. How powerful is that stone? I encourage you that if, if you have been delivered, you want to put a stone at the bottom of that cross, I don't care, whatever you want to do, there are symbols to remind us that God has delivered us. And if you have not been delivered, if you have no peace about this life or what will happen if you die today, don't leave without talking to someone. Eternity rests in the balance. He is our deliverer. He has delivered us from the depths of hell. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you this morning, we think about those stones of deliverance. How you have delivered us in so many ways. How you have delivered us from the worst moments in our life. How you have delivered us into victory through salvation. how you have delivered us as your people. Lord, I ask you this morning to come upon us. I pray, Lord, for those, for those who haven't made a decision to follow you yet, that they would recognize their plan is a dead end. And recognize that the only plan that has any good consequence is one that's with you. And Lord, for those of us who are believers and yet stumble and trip and forget, those of us who have amnesia, I ask, Lord, that you would remind us. Remind us that you have delivered us over and over and over again. In your name we pray. Amen.